Come with me as we dive into some of the most intimate diaries a person could share. My mission is to inspire you to push through during the toughest of times, too. Thank you for being here. This is Push Diaries Podcast, and I'm your host, Tess. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Push Diaries Podcast for part two, IVF Life with Anne. I've got Anne on the horn again today. Glad to be back. Yay! We're so glad you're back. How have you been doing, Anne? Because last we talked to you, the listeners were filled in on how you were taking your Lupron, and you had to take that for some time before they would start you on your second medication. I'm still currently on Lupron and S-Trace, and I won't be ending Lupron until 17th is my last day, so just a few days from now. Then the 18th is when I start my separate injection, which would be the progesterone and oil, but continue the S-Trace throughout. Cool. Throughout the entire pregnancy? Hopefully not. No, just until further notice, and I'm air quoting for those of you who cannot see me. I don't have an end date, unfortunately, which is kind of daunting, but it's still worth it nonetheless. So the esterase is the oral medication, just to remind everyone what that one was. Lupron is the injection. I don't know when I'm going to be stopping that. Unfortunately, every person is different. Every scenario and situation is different. So yeah, up in the air for that to end, but I do have an end date of the injection with Lupron. Yeah, that's exciting. And how did it go? Like, I know you had shared with everyone that Jeff has been really helpful and really involved with your shots. Although he understands that this is like a medical journey you're going through physically as an individual, it's something that you two are doing as a couple. He has been fantastic with the shot. In fact, even if I was able to do the shots myself, I really would truly continue having him inject them just to be a part of the whole journey, honestly, and it's a more of a bonding experience. I get to watch him kind of be the doctor, and it's just really nice. The shots have become a little more sensitive as I've gone along, Mm. and again, everyone's different. I've joined a few uh, support groups on Facebook, and I'm telling you, no one's story is really the same. It's just crazy, especially reactions to the shots or the injected sites. Um, we do shoot or inject, I should say. We take turns every other night, switching sides, left or right of my belly button. I, You can actually choose to go under your belly button by two inches, um, the closest to your belly button, two inches. But it is way too sensitive for me under there. Oh, so I have definitely figured out I'm either left or right of the belly button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and your, like, abdominal muscles down there seem like they get tighter and, like, you know, you've got your hips on either side there below your belly button. And I just, ooh, that sounds really painful. I would also choose my meteor left and right sides of my belly button, too. When you say it was sensitive, do you mean the areas that you were injecting are just more painful? Are you, like, feeling the Lupron go into your body? Or what's sensitive about it? So I've never felt the Lupron being dispersed, I guess, would you say, into my body. I've only really felt the injection and then afterwards. And 
I am not saying it hurts by any means. It's just kind of like a, oof, okay, you know, quick little sting, like the most, not even the most uncomfortable shot you've ever had. It's, I think it's way less painful than even the flu shot would be. Also, it's a tiny, tiny needle. It's a diabetes uh, syringe. So if you guys know what those look like, that's the size about that I use. Uh, my mom is going to be excited I'm telling this because she loves to give helpful hints, especially to people who have to do stuff like this daily. She has figured out with her past experience with diabetes shots and current shots she has to take every once in a while that if you just lightly tap on the top of your skin with the needle, not even pushing in, nothing, just setting it on the surface of your skin, you can actually kind of feel where it's going to be more sensitive. And I was so reluctant to take that information. And the second I realized, I told Jeff to, oh, set it on my skin. Oh, no, I feel that a little bit more. I realized I can actually map out what works best for me and what areas work best for me. Yeah, that's really cool. I wouldn't have thought of that. Your skin is a giant organ, and there might be, you know, gosh, and even if you're, like, constipated one day, right, and you have, like, more stool in your intestine, like, maybe your muscles on your left side would be more sensitive, and maybe maybe some days you might say, you know what, Jeff, let's just do the right side again today, because that feels better. Well, I think, too, it's a visual. For me, I can't stand watching the shots go into me. That's where it really wigs me out, and I've tried to overcome it, but I've yet to watch Jeff shoot one injection in me that I've witnessed. I just, I psych out the last second, and it truly has worked. In fact, I find my left side a little more tolerable, which is interesting. Tolerable to the shot, but afterwards, I usually get kind of a red irritation area of where the injection site was. And then if you go to my right side, I don't ever get irritation afterwards, but I tend to feel the shot a little bit more. So it's really interesting how it works. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was worried. I asked my nurse when I saw her for my ultrasound on the 10th, March 10th. I asked her if, you know, it's normal. I feel like I've been feeling my shots a little bit more throughout the weeks. And she goes, well, you know, you're probably just getting an irritation to it, a buildup, whatever you'd like to call it. Then three days after that, I went on my right side and I didn't even feel it. So, right. so it's, it's just totally... a crap shoot the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about what experiences you've heard other women have? I'm happy to hear that it's been relatively mild, Anne, and that it's been a successful experience. Yes, yeah, so far with Lupron, again, like everyone's experience is different. I have heard a lot of people with Lupron don't have many issues. It is a mild medication, it feels like, as far as stinging or irritation or sensitive situations come along with it. And there's also a dozen different medications that I am not on that someone in a different scenario as me for IVF, not using donor eggs, using their own eggs. Right. They have more uncomfortable medications. I know someone right. reached out personally and said, is this the medication you're taking? I said, no. She's like, good, because that one stings really bad. Yeah. I've been really fortunate, and a lot of the women who do do IVF actually have multiple injections a day. So I'm very fortunate, again, to only have one injection a day throughout this whole process, because right. when my Lupron ends on the 17th, I don't overlap with my, my third medication, which is the progesterone and oil, I start that the next day on the 18th. So there's no 
multiple injections that I'm having to take. That is really fortunate. How do you and Jeff feel? What conversations have you guys been having? You're going to be finishing your Lupron dosages. Like, have your conversations changed at all? So the 10th is when we had the ultrasound. The ultrasound was the stripe lining ultrasound. And it's basically to measure the lining of my uterus to see where I'm at in my cycle to see if I need to continue Lupron longer or up the dosage, really change the plan that we've had set out for a few weeks so far. And I'm supposed to measure at eight millimeters, eight or thicker, essentially. And I was exactly at eight. So, yes, I know it's very exciting. That means we get to skip that second ultrasound and continue literally with the plan we have so far. So that was really exciting to know. They're trying to figure out if your uterus is a stable, healthy, receptive environment for a fetal sac to be placed. And so, like you said, with your cycle, your millimeters thickness, I imagine thicker is better, Anne? Yep, thicker is better because you're preparing for a baby. For life, yeah. Yeah, something to occupy the uterus. Right. um, yes, so no, our conversation has definitely changed because we're inching towards that date, you know, that the transfer date. So as far as excitement, you know, we really are trying to stay optimistic, positive, get those vibes out there. Also, I was just telling my mom I was getting nervous because we're counting down the days. And she had said to me, which was very, it just stuck with me. It was, it was perfect for what she, what she said to me. And that was, why waste your time making yourself uncomfortable when that's not going to change the outcome? Take the opportunity to continue to be happy, excited. Don't waste this time being negative when that's not going to do anything for you or change the outcome. You know, I have been staying very optimistic and positive thus far. And when I had that slip up, I was getting a little scared and nervous and anxious because, you know, there's a chance that this won't take. and it was just, it's inching closer and closer to that transfer date. And the more it gets closer, I am just, I'm getting a little more anxious. And, and she definitely helped me with that. So that was, I was very thankful with that. She's very right about that. I have a friend who would say, why invite trouble when you don't have to? Yeah. Yep, exactly. It's so true. And it's helped me calm down a lot. I'm not going to waste my time thinking what ifs when there's always going to be a what if until the time happens. Right. So I would like to stay on that path of positivity as cheesy as that sounds. No, it's not cheesy, Anne. I mean, gosh, I even think about all the people listening right now and how just that reminder is something we all need to hear because it's easy to revert back to insecurity or doubt or worry or toxicity because, you know, you're a product of, what you've been through, and and you have had to worry in the past about things, but the beautiful thing is, is that, just like your mom said, why worry when, like, whatever happens from here on out is going to be a gift, right? Yep. Yeah, we, our conversation really hasn't changed as far as, you know, what the outcome comes to, because we really didn't want to plan until afterwards. We thought that would be inviting stress into our lives, especially when we don't know the outcome. 
So our conversation is still excited, still anxious, still nervous, still all of the positive things. I haven't really talked further on what ifs. Yeah. Just because I don't want to think about the what ifs at, until that time comes. Right. Okay, I have kind of a weird question that I didn't think of before we recorded, and now I have it. Because you're on Lupron, is there a chance that Jeff could make you pregnant with his own sperm? Is that something they talk to you about? So, the first thing I started for the IVF journey was birth control. You start birth control. So, I actually stopped birth control when I started Lupron. So, yes, there is a chance. As one of my doctors told me, all it takes is one egg and one sperm. It's right. as simple as that. And so, doesn't this Lupron, like you said, it's preparing your body for a pregnancy. Yes, it's, and I can't remember, and darn it, I'm, I don't want to quote wrong for the audience, but one of the medications I'm on basically restarts everything up, but in a sense to get my body prepped for the donated egg and the sperm. Sure. So, so it could happen, yeah. but... You're obviously going to keep going with the IVF because you just don't know, but that's pretty wild, too, that, like, oh, here you are at 8 millimeters, and dang, you could be carrying a baby soon. It's just bananas. So you were telling me on the phone when we talked that you could be pregnant how soon? Um, Within a few weeks. Like, less, when you say few, I just think of, like, four. Could Um, it be sooner than that? By April. Dang, Anne. Yeah. So this is really exciting because this is your part two, and we really wanted to get back on and touch base, see how you were feeling about the Lupron, because like you said, everybody has different experiences with it, and every journey is different. So you're going to be starting a new medication, and that's oral, and then you will continue taking your shots, or you will not, while you're on that. My oral medication I've been taking since the beginning of the month. Um, So along with my Lupron, uh, my oral will continue throughout... We don't know how long. Higher time, yep. We don't know how, we don't have that end date, unfortunately. And then when the Lupron ends, the progesterone will start. So I'm always on two medications. This is a good way to remember it. Okay. Um, one, one injection. So I, like I said a little earlier, I had my ultrasound on the 10th. And that defines kind of where the route we were going on. If we were staying on track or if we need to kind of postpone something and continue medication, whether we up the dosage or lower the dosage or continue taking it longer. So as I was leaving the ultrasound, I asked one of the nurses to mark me where Jeff needed to inject the progesterone. And it's basically on my hip. And if you were kind of to measure it out, a nurse gave me the tip of taking the palm, set that on the top, of your hip, and then wherever the middle finger ends is where I'm getting my injection site. Oh. And I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be this big circle, right? It's not. Weird fact, which I'm sure some of you know, I did not know this. It's a triangle muscle. So I have this upside-down triangle on my hip on both sides to mark where Jeff can inject me. So, yeah, it is a little daunting. It's a, the size of the needle is exactly the size of a needle you would have for a flu shot. So that's a good understanding. How long is that, Anne? Is that bigger it's, than the 
the diabetic shot? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> My Lupron shot is about a half an inch long. Sure, like a centimeter, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the progesterone oil shot is actually one inch long. Ooh, so, and and does he have to stick it all the way in your cheek? He has to, it's actually my hip. I kept thinking it was my butt muscle, but it is not. Oh, so um, it's like the side of your leg. It's not even your butt cheek. Yeah, and it's, I guess for kind of an understanding, it would be where your underwear kind of ends on your hip. But sure, sure. Okay, that is helpful. And you really don't know that it's there because when you poke at it, it feels like a bone, but it's, yeah. it's a muscle. So, yes. Are you nervous? Are you becoming more comfortable with it? Or, or are you just kind of like, I don't want to think about it? No, I have been on Lupron, what, for three weeks? And every night I get nervous to do the dang shot. It's just who I am. Some people might be braver. Some people might be worse. But it's not going to stop me nonetheless. I actually just got one of the COVID vaccines. And... The reason I mention this is because it's a deep muscle shot. It's in your arm, just like the flu shot would be. So when I was going in there, I was like, oh, what size? I asked the nurse giving the shot, the vaccine, and I said, what size needle is that? She goes, it's a 22, and I can't tell you the measurement of what that meant. Whatever gauge, yeah. Thank you, yeah. But I said, oh, my gosh, that's the needle I'm using for my progesterone and oil with oil. And I was, like, really excited. I'm going to concentrate on this shot to give me a reference and idea of what a deep muscle shot feels like. So I'm sitting there and she's like, okay, I'm going to tell you. And I said, don't tell me when. I said, just, just do just, it, lady. So <laughs> my husband does on my stomach. So just do it. Just give it to me. So, <laughs> so I, I was waiting for her to reject me and I said, okay, go ahead. And she goes, it's already done. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really exciting. I did not feel it. And it, it just was a good reference of what that might feel like. Of course, it's in a different area of the body that I've never had an injection in. I get that. But it really calmed me down. And I was really fortunate that I got my vaccine before my progesterone, so I could really kind of gauge on, okay, uh, are you overreacting? Uh, what do you need from this? But I think I'm going to go take that perspective and actually not numb my skin or ice it until I try that first injection with progesterone. Well, good. I'm happy okay. that the vaccine almost gave you a little vote of confidence. It really did, yes. And for those of you asking, because I did mention that COVID vaccine, my personal feelings aside, my doctors suggested I get that, and I did. I trust the doctors. And Your IVF I, doctors. Yes, who work in this department in Mayo Clinic suggested I get it, and my feelings aside, it was an easy decision. You tell me to, I'm going to. So. Right. Well, good for you. I know when the virus first broke, you know, there's obviously a lot of fear around the vaccine and how beneficial is it versus is it really making me safer? But I think when we talk about vaccines, generally speaking, they are meant to make us as a population healthier, you know, keeping our elderly parents safe and our 
you know, your coworkers safe, Anne, because you work around a lot of people. And so I just really commend you for taking your doctor's advice and, and getting it done. I think that's wonderful and hope I can get mine too. So good for you. So you're, you're going to get your second dose when? Uh, April 10th is my second dose. Nice. Yeah, so as I'm inching closer and closer to the day I have to start the oil, I'm trying to read everything and anything possible for best tips and tricks to make it as smooth as possible. The issue is it's oil. If you guys were to go to the grocery store, pick out sesame seed oil, pour it in a bowl, that is exactly what they rep- they say it is. It's thicker it's than a- just a liquid. It's an oil. So, the best tips I've really kind of come to understand or perspectives from women who have already done this is injection bath, <laughs> pushing the uh, medicine in slow. <laughs> oh, so stick it fast, push slow. Yes, yep. We'll see if that works. Again, everyone, every single person is different. Um, I am mostly nervous about knots. You know, when you get a shot of anything in your muscle, you get that knot. And yeah. a lot of women have who have currently gone through or are going through progesterone oil is they say massage, 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 and heat, heat, heat. So mm-hmm. when we come back for our third part three, I will definitely let you know what's working for me and what is not working for me. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's all trial and error basis. I yeah. can try a dozen different combinations and only one works. So I will definitely let you guys know when that happens. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for being so open and hopping back on and letting us know what you are going through. It's really incredible. And I just thank God for one, good friends who are willing to share their story because I know it's a vulnerable topic, but I just think it's really amazing that even if we help one person know that there's another type of fertility solution out there that they can go consult a doctor and did not give up because you very well could have given up, right? Yes. My first part of this journey, I was told that I can't get pregnant, period. It's a good reminder to always get a second opinion. And if you really want something, continue to educate yourself on how you can get that and really work towards that end result. And like anything, nothing is for sure. I don't know how my journey is going to end. I just hope it will end with a little baby in my hands. <laughs> that's oh my, my gosh. But that's what, that's why this is all worth it. I can go through a painful shot every day in hopes just for that end result. And yeah. We're, we're there. We want, we want that. So we don't know if this is the only IVF process we're going to go through. We just don't know any of that yet. Like I said, we've tried to kind of push those conversations aside until, until you need to have them. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah. just, we're not putting that vibe out there. So we're not stressing ourselves out. We, and if this is unsuccessful, God forbid that it, we have to have those conversations, then we will, but we're just not ready to put that into the world yet. So. Can you share with people you had mentioned before we hit record that when you had shared like this podcast episode with your friends and family, tell us the response you got. Let us know what people said because not everybody knew you were struggling with infertility at all. 
How was it received, and how did you and Jeff feel once it was out there? So, if you know me personally, I'm really not shy about talking about it. It's not an insecurity. My first part of this journey definitely was. I have to push past that and realize that people aren't going to judge you for just things you can't control. And if they are, you don't want them in your life anyways. But we really came to the point where, or me specifically, that I'm okay with my journey and I'm excited about my journey. But when I put the podcast episode out, I wasn't nervous or anything. I was really excited um, in hopes for people who think they're alone know that they aren't, whether my journey is slightly different or not. Infertility is a huge, huge thing, very common. And if it helps someone know that, oh, I'm not alone, that's the best thing that could happen, especially when the first thing you feel when you're told you can't get pregnant is feeling alone. I've had a few people reach out to me personally um, and people who are in the same situation, um, people who are not in the same situation, who just wanted to reach out and say, here's... Um, Here's people I know that have gone through the same thing. So they're reaching out to me, continuing to help me and my journey. So I thought that was wonderful and fantastic and so selfless of them. That's cool. Yeah, it was. It meant a lot to me. We got only positive things, only yeah. positive comments on the shares, uh, the photos, the podcasts, and it really just made me feel warm and happy that People do take it as a positive thing as far as my journey, but a lot of people still don't know what to say to people who are infertile, who are having issues, who are going through IVF. It is a subject not talked about often and hoping to kind of broaden experiences and perceptions by doing these podcast episodes is kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, it's just very cool. And I think it's neat too that Someone on your Facebook that maybe, like, you weren't super close with or just maybe haven't talked to in a while, they and you being able to have a connection like that, like, hey, here's an area where we actually really understand each other. I feel like that's such a gift, and it's what life is all about, right? Being able to connect with other people. It's a huge part of it. I absolutely agree, Tess. Knowing that you're not alone, that you have someone to talk to and communicate with is a huge thing. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable. I am excited to share with you and the listeners that Push Diaries podcast has exceeded 20,000 RSS subscribers. So if you are listening today, Anne and I want to thank you so much. And we hope that these stories continue to bring you hope and perseverance. And Anne, I'm so excited for part three and hopefully many more. I think the next step would probably be just where I'm at with progesterone, kind of the next steps. When my husband has to give his sample and kind of the process that Jeff giving his sample to then me having my transfer, what that is in between, just to educate some people who maybe would like to know or are unaware of how it works. Cool. Well, we're excited to hear more from you. Be sure to send me any new photos that you want to share with the listeners from this episode in the last couple of weeks. I love you so much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really love it. I'm getting used to it now. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you, guys. 
This has been Push Diaries Podcast. Please visit our website at pushdiariespodcast.com to see our mission and learn more about the guests. This is your podcast too. I want to hear your stories. Email me at pushdiariespodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pushdiariespodcast. Thank you for listening.